actually set an alarm to get up this morning, but I was still up way before the alarm. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure. Because I thought I was just 1,067 miles round trip. 67. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
darkness tries to roll over my bones Oh, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know And I won't be shaken And I won't be shaken Fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, shame no longer has a place to hide. Not a captive to your lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear. Stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, yeah. Oh, shame no longer has a place to hide. And I am not a captive to your lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind Oh, I won't be shaken Oh, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love Oh, yeah Cause there's power that can break off every chain And there's power that can empty out a grave And there's a resurrection power that can save there's power in your name, power in your name. And there's power that can break off every chain. And there's power that can empty out a grave. And there's a resurrection power that can save. All oh, this power in your name, power in your name. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, yeah.
No matter who I am 
take you at your word take me by the hand you lead me through the dark into the promised land jesus you are my confidence in every circumstance no matter where i am i take you at your word you take me by the hand you lead me through the dark into the promised land jesus you are my confidence jesus you are my confidence because jesus you are my confidence father we trust in you we trust in you father you are our confidence in the middle of the storm in the middle of the trials and the tribulations you are our confidence our hope you are our deliverer our healer and our provider no matter what we're going through we can always look to you to where our hope comes from where our help comes from because you are our confidence father yeah. Christ is my foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't and I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense so I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength Cause I built my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through every season So why would he fail now? He won't trusted in God for something have you been given a promise that you've been waiting on for years and years he won't fail he can't fail once his word is out there once he's declared something everything in the universe everything that revolves around everything every every atom every molecule begins to form into whatever it is that he said 
it starts to come to pass. You might not see it. You might not know where it is. You might not see it in your physical eyes. But if he said it, that means it's going to happen because he cannot lie. He's not a God that he should lie. He's a wonder-working God. Amazing. Rain came when blue my house was built on you and time safe with you I'm gonna make it through rain came when blue my house was built on you and time safe with you I'm gonna make it through and I'm gonna make it through cause I'm standing strong on you and I'm gonna make it through cause our house is built on you it's my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken and I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down Why would he fail now? He won't. Do you believe that this morning, that he won't fail? Do you believe it? Do you truly believe it? You know, our flesh sometimes, we, we can't see it and we get discouraged. And don't beat yourself up about being discouraged. Because in the word it says, it says, God, I believe when Jesus asked the man, he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And it's hard to understand sometimes, like, what does that mean? Because he said the same thing. He contradicted himself, but he doesn't. He, what he's saying, he says, I believe. I know, I know that I know. I know deep down I know, but sometimes I have doubts. So it's okay to come to God and be like, you know what? I believe, Lord. I know what your word says. I know, I know the promises that you made for me. But, but God, there's, there's times where I doubt. My flesh just doubts. It's just it's human nature. He's not scared of that. God isn't scared of that. He's not rebuking you for that. Just go to him and say, you know what, God? I, Father, I, I, I know you told me this, but I don't see it. So help me to believe. Remind me again. Remind me again what it is that you said. You know, sometimes we need to go to him and just say, remind me again what you're capable of. Father, remind me again that you are my healer. Remind me again that you are my provider. Remind me again that you are my deliverer. Remind me again that you are my redeemer. Because we all slip up and fall from time to time. But his blood is still powerful. He is still sufficient. His blood is still sufficient to redeem you over and over again. You come before him, fall on your face and just be like, God, remind me again. Remind me again. 
Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? He won't fail. Because this is by you are more than able you are more than able you are more than able can you tell him that this morning more than able. Let's sing that again. Because you are more than able. You are more than able. You are more than able You are more than able When did I start to forget all of the great things you did When did I throw for the impossible And how did I start to believe You weren't sufficient for me Why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles You are more than a my confidence back and I put my trust in the one who still does miracles now I see all that I have 
gotten my confidence back And I put my trust in the one who still does miracles You do miracles You are more than able are more than able You are more than able You are more than able Who am I to deny what the Lord can do tragedy going on right now in this state. I have the privilege of talking to a lot of different pastors and different children's pastors because of my wife. And, and there's a lot of different craziness that's going on. There was two funerals for pastors at the same day on Friday. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the pastors let the enemy have a foothold in his life and it end up taking his life. A man of God that let his guard down. And it just showed what the enemy can do if you let him have a foothold in your life. End up destroying his life, committing suicide. Don't ever think that the enemy sleeps and he gives up. Keep your guard up. Remember that God is more than able to do what he said he can do. We had another pastor that just tragically died. A children's pastor in Lake Charles and a blood clot went to his lungs and killed him instantly. Pastor's sister has had a stroke. Chris is still fighting. The enemy is trying everything he got, but you have to remember that if the enemy is putting this much effort into destroying lives, that means something is on the horizon. That means something he sees that you don't see. So when the enemy tries to destroy you and discourage you, you put your eyes on him. You put your eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And remember that he is more than able. That something is coming. My trust, my help. My hope is in you, Lord. Oh, can you imagine with all of the faith in the room? He's moved by faith, by your faith. 
what the Lord can do. Oh, can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? What the Lord can do? It's gonna happen. Just let the way make it through. He's gonna move. Oh, he's gonna move. Can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? What the Lord can do? It's gonna happen. Just let the way make it through. He's gonna move. Oh, he's gonna move. Can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? What the Lord can do? It's gonna happen. Just let the way make it through. Oh, he's gonna move. Oh, he's gonna move. Anything is possible. Oh, anything is possible. Oh, anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? And anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Cause I've come a long way. I've seen how you were. There's so much goodness and grace, much more than I deserve, cause I know who I am. I can't stay where I'm at. We've come this far by faith, and I just came. Turn back Cause he's not done with me yet Hallelujah He's not done with me yet There's so much more to this story You're not done with me yet He's not done with me yet He's not me yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. There's so much more 
to the story You're not done with me yet Let me, let me obey the Spirit, hold on He's not done with Chris yet Hallelujah He's not done with Chris yet There's so much more to his story God's not done with him yet God's not done with him yet He's not done with him yet. There's so much more to this story. He's not done with Chris, with Chris yet. He's not done with us yet. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry I had to do that. God, I lift up Chris to you right now. If you don't know Chris Duchette, he had, he had kidney failure. He's on dialysis and the prognosis isn't wonderful. There's an old song that says, whose report do you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. Oh, you might have somebody in your life that's not feeling good. I know Elena, my daughter, is sick and high fever, and that's why she's not here this morning. My son is too. There's so much sickness going around right now. So much tragedy. I spoke of it a while ago. But God's not done yet. The plan is still set in motion. It's still set in motion. It hasn't been, he hasn't been de dethroned. My king hasn't been dethroned. It's still in his hands. It's still in his hands. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. Oh. He's not done. He's not done. Hallelujah. Father, 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 we thank you, Lord, that you're not done. You're not done with this church. You're not done with us. You're not done, Father. Your plan is still in motion. You're not done. Oh, Oh, help our unbelief, Father. Help our unbelief, Father. Help our doubts. 
have so much more left. You have so much more left to do. You're not done with me. You're not done with me. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me. I'm gonna sing till my heart starts to change, and I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are. Oh, what you deserve I give you my worship You still deserve it You're worthy You're worthy You're worthy of my soul I'll pour out your praises in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy jesus you're worthy of my soul oh you're worthy of my soul so i'm gonna live like my king is risen I'm gonna preach to my soul that you've already won and even though I can't see it I'm gonna keep believing that every promise you've made is as good as good so I give you my worship you still deserve it you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy of my soul i'll pour out your praises oh in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy oh you're worthy of my soul you're worthy you're worthy Jesus, you're worthy of my soul. You're worthy, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my soul. You're worthy, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my soul. You're worthy, you're worthy. You're worthy of my soul. You're worthy of my soul And in blessing and in pain You are worthy Whether you say yes or no I'll wait You are worthy And through it all I choose to say You are worthy never stop singing your praise oh I never stop singing your praise and in blessing and in pain 
you are worthy whether you say yes or no I'll wait you are worthy and through it all I choose to say you are worthy oh I never stop singing your praise no I never stop singing your praise because when I finally see your face I'll cry worthy and when you wipe those tears away I'll cry worthy above every other name you are worthy I'll never stop singing your praise no I'll never stop singing your praise oh I'll never stop singing your praise oh I'll never stop singing your praise oh I give you my worship you still deserve it you're worthy you're worthy oh you're worthy of my soul I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy of my soul oh you're worthy of my soul yeah no matter what happens you're worthy of my soul In blessing and in pain, you're worthy. Oh. You know, in the Bible, there's a story. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's, it's such an amazing story. But it's about a man named Nehemiah. And I'll just give you the very condensed version. Uh, he knew that the, the wall in, in Israel... The, the walls were torn down and he become heartbroken over it and he started to seek God and a little bit further in the story there's a scripture said it says this and it said but the people had a mind to work this is what the scripture said and it was because they were rebuilding this wall against all odds but God gave them favor the people came together in unity why am I telling you this you know Justin was he was telling us uh, about the two pastors that that so so grievously lost their lives within the last couple of weeks and and the reality is ministry despite what some people may think ministry is not for the weak ministry is something that God calls a man or a woman to and it's I mean the enemy puts a big target on your back and so just like these pastors you know this, this morning we're doing our emphasis on missionaries and just like pastors and just like evangelists and anybody who has set their heart to do the will of God we have missionaries going across the world doing the work of the gospel and can I tell you that we just don't see all the things that they experience all the troubles that they encounter and and so that scripture said the people had a mind to work I want you to consider this consider you set your heart that you're gonna build a house right and imagine you don't have a construction crew and you call a couple of your friends and you ask them to recruit people and the day it comes to it's time to build the house later foundation you get two people show up now let's say another another side of that story is you call and you have 200 people show up which one would you prefer absolutely I want you to consider this if a thousand 
people who belong to the church of Jesus Christ set their heart to sow one dollar a month follow me one dollar a month into a missionary's life and their ministry at the end of a year they have twelve thousand dollars and it doesn't seem very sacrificial now let me say this the most important thing we give to our missionaries is prayer we have to join our prayers together we have to labor for them in the spirit because some people are called to go but in order for people to go God calls his church to send them and the reality is we should not have missionaries starving on the mission field we should not have them in lack we should not have them they should not be in lack of prayers from the church and they should be uh, sufficiently financed to do what God's called them to do I've been on some mission fields I've seen some of the way some of these missionaries live and I'm telling you mission work is hard and so we're called as the body of Christ to 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 fund them spiritually with prayers and we're called to fund them financially God calls us to do that that scripture says the people had a mind to work I'm telling you this is my responsibility and this is your responsibility God can multiply anything don't think your amount is too small and this is I don't want to get off on this tangent about finances but I'm telling you the church needs to understand that we're called to do much more than we've been doing and so we want to pray for our missionaries this morning we're going to have we're actually going to have a missionary and I don't know if his family or not is coming his name is Bob Holloway in two weeks they'll be coming and you don't want to miss it it's going to be fantastic we get a little insight into what his life has been like what God's called him to and but we want to be a church that supports the mission field I know I do and listen, I know times get hard, they get tough, I understand that. My wife and I, we went through a hard time financially a couple of months ago, but this is what we didn't do. I think we're up to about seven or eight missionaries that we support financially every month, one way, shape, or form. And what we did not do is start closing our fists to God and saying, well, we can't afford. Can I tell you the truth? We cannot afford to not support the church of Jesus Christ and the missionaries and the evangelists and the things that God is doing in the earth and so we're going to pray for them this morning but listen I need you to pray with me we need to pray for them and believe that God's going to do a mighty work in the mission field around the world amen, amen. let's pray father in the name of Jesus Lord we come to you in faith God we pray for our missionaries this morning God, there are so many things going on across the world, God, that we, we have very little knowledge of. God, there are so many needs that are going unmet. And God, first, Lord, we pray that there would be a stirring in the body of Christ, that your people would understand how important it is that we would pray for them diligently, faithfully, and consistently. And consistently. God, we pray for them this morning. God, we pray for those who are dealing with depression, those who are dealing with anxiety, those who feel like there are mountains in their way that seem to just not want to move God we pray for faith to stir in your missionaries in Jesus name God we pray that you would go where there's sickness God that you would heal those who are dealing with the uh, different kinds of sickness and and all the things the enemy puts on your people God we pray for them in Jesus name God we pray for hope joy and an excitement to return to their heart God we pray that the call that you have placed on their life God that it would be louder than any circumstance that they experience in Jesus name God we pray right now God that you would give them endurance 
Jesus, we pray for endurance right now for them, God. We pray that you would dispatch angels in their lives, God, that you would assign them to them, God, that you would make way where there seems to be no way. God, we pray for favor for them in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would give them an excitement again. God, those who are struggling emotionally and spiritually, God, we pray for the excitement of the gospel, God, for the call that's in them, God, that it would stir. God, we pray for the flame on their heart to grow, God. We pray for multiplication in the ministries that you've called them to. And Lord, we pray for finances, but Jesus, we just don't pray for you to, to send finances, God. We pray that you would stir our hearts this morning, God. Lord, you know that Life Church has declared that we are a mission-given church. And God, we pray that the burden would come upon the people. In Jesus' name, God, that we would see the need and we would say and determine in our heart that, God, we will not be the reason that they go without. That, Jesus, we will partner with your kingdom. We will see your glory come to the earth, God. Thank you that they have been sent, but, God, let us be those who send them, God. Lord, we want to be kingdom financiers, God. Whether we can give a dollar a month, we can give 50 a month. God, whether it's 50 cents, Lord, I know that you're in the business of multiplication. You took very few fish, very few loaves, God, and you multiplied and you fed the people. And God, we just say in faith this morning, thank you for sending them, but God, now send us spiritually in our hearts with our prayers and our finances. God, burden us, God, with the burden that you placed on them. Burden us, Jesus, with the burden that you placed on them. Lord, we don't want to be stingy, God. We don't want to stand before you one day and you look at us and we're ashamed. God, every need that they need, every need we declare being met in Jesus' name, and we thank you for that. Thank you that we have the privilege and the honor to pray for them, God, and we have the privilege and the honor to sow financially Jesus, thank you that there's an excitement stirring in the body of Christ about this. God, thank you that there's an excitement, God. That people don't start cringing when we talk about sowing into the, the mission field. God, that there's an excitement. That there would be a roar from earth that heaven hears when we declare, God, we will do what you've called us to do. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you, we love you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees, say Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Life Church. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, if you are a newcomer here, I, I shook a couple of people's hands. I know Pastor Bob caught a couple, but if you slid in here and for some reason or the other, you weren't welcome or your hand wasn't shaking, we apologize. We are so excited that you're here this morning as our guest. We love you. We bless you for coming. And we pray that God does all that he has purposed in his heart in your life in Jesus' name. If you want to take a minute or two to shake some hands, you see a face that you have not seen before, go tell him hello. Welcome him in the name of the Lord. Uh, just don't kiss nobody. All right. It was kind of, so I had to make a little joke, you know. Praise the Lord. Don't kiss nobody. <laughs> I, I used to be on staff at a church in South Louisiana, South South Louisiana. And brother, they believe in 
that scripture said, greet one another with a holy kiss. And it wasn't a holy kiss. It was just slobber. That's what it was, man. <laughs> and them Cajun grandmas would <laughs> give you a big old slobbery kiss. And I wasn't used to that, boy, man. I was shocked when I moved to Louisiana. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's the truth. Amen. We do welcome you here to Life Church this morning. Glad that you're here. I have an excitement about what the Lord is just doing and, and testimonies. I keep hearing that word testimonies. When we were singing that song, um, he's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. There's more to the story. And the word testimonies popped in my mind and my spirit, I should say. And I feel like I just need to say this for some people that you're going through some things or you may be getting ready to go through some things and you want to go, why is this happening, Lord? Well, for one thing, it's an opportunity for God to get the glory, for God to get the praise, for God to get the worship that is due him. But not only that, it's the opportunity for the testimonies. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimonies. And I'm telling you, God is developing testimonies in, in what you're getting ready to go through or what you are going through. There's a testimony. You may not know how it's going to end. You may not know how it's going to come out, but there is a testimony. There's no testimony without a test. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of testimonies being developed right now. I, I just feel like I had to say that before I said anything else. There's a lot of testimonies that God is doing right now. I want to read from Leviticus 27:30 just for a moment, please. I've started decided this year at the first of the year that at the first of the message to take about three minutes and just talk about giving and about tithing and about offerings and alms and everything the Bible says about that. In Leviticus 27:30, it says, all the, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the land, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And I want you to understand something, and, and I've noticed that, I've underlined that part. It is the Lord's, and not only that, it is holy to the Lord. See, I have a lot of people say to me, you know, Pastor, I, I want to I pay my tithes. I want to I I pay my tithes. But listen, or some people will say, I want to give my tithes. And, uh, but the Acts of the Bible talks about paying the Lord's tithe. It actually says paying it because it belongs to him. It's in his hands. And it is the Lord's and it's holy. And if you don't know what a tithe means, it means a tenth. That's what it means, okay? And, and you say, well, why does God need my tithe? Why does he need me to, to give that 10%? Why is, he, why is it commanded of that? It's because you and I need to learn stewardship. Stewardship is managing. It's, it's handling the finances. I remember a church I started many years ago down in South South Bashery, and, 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 and I'd hear this argument back and forth. They were all baby new Christians and brand new Christians, but in almost every household, the wife handled the finances. And I would hear the man say, look, my job is to make the money. Your job is to pay the bills. I'd hear that all the time. And, and I'm like, well, no, it should be a joint effort. It's not my money and whatever. It's your money, and you're in this thing together. And, um, uh, and they needed to manage it. And that, so it's the Lord's. We need to learn stewardship. We need to learn obedience. We need to learn lordship. And we need to learn faith through actions. 
And so giving in that way does all of those things. I have to recognize he's the Lord. He's sovereign over everything. I have to realize that all that I have is because he's given it. I have to recognize that he's commanded something. I have to learn obedience. I can't expect blessings if I'm in disobedience. I learned that as a kid. <laughs> and, and, and then I learned, I need to learn that my faith is strengthened by my actions. And so I do that by faith. Now, here at Life Church, we, we don't pass a bucket or a basket or anything like that except for special offerings. In two weeks, we have Bob Holloway from Peru who will be here. I was on the mission field in Venezuela in 1992. How do I remember? Because we were un there was a coup attempt while I was leading a mission team there. And Bob was on that missions team with us. And we had T-shirts made. We survived the coup of 92. And that's how I remember it. And God, we said, why is this happening? And everybody on the team there was like, I, I will never take another missions trip. I will never, never, never. I just want to go back to the United States. And, and they said, I don't know why this is happening. And I remember him sitting right next to me and began crying. And he said, I know why. Because God needed four or five more days to get through to my hard heart that he was calling me here. And you say, why was this happening? It wasn't about you. It wasn't about me or anybody else. God needed to speak to that man. And so he's going to be here. And we have different ways of doing it. You see it on the screen. We have an app. You can download our website. You can do text to give. Or you can actually do it the old-fashioned way. There are two boxes on the back wall as you leave. There are envelopes in the pews, uh, in the backs of the seats, and back there. And so we just encourage you to be faithful in God's word. Amen? Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Would you do me a favor this morning? We haven't done this probably in a very, very long time. Would you read these two verses of Scripture out loud with me? Okay. I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. We started a series a couple of weeks ago called Spiritual Transformation. Um, I'm just going to show you something. This was really cute. At the beginning of the week, I received a, uh, a message on my phone that uh, one of our children who's upstairs uh, picked up this library book, um, and at, at, at the, I guess at the school library, at the library this past week. And, and the cover says, The Very Impatient Caterpillar. And underneath, if you can't read it, it says, Is It Time Yet? And on the back of the cover is, Am I a Butterfly? How do I look? Transformed? You know, I thought it was great. And um, the, the first week we talked about, um, we saw a time lapse, a 30-second time lapse photography of, of 
of a caterpillar going through the transformation process to becoming a beautiful butterfly. And that scientific term is described is in that change is called metamorphosis. And metamorphosis, as far as uh, in that process, is, is, trans, is defined as the process of transformation. Notice it's process. Say process. It's not instant. Okay, that caterpillar uh, begin to form the outside of what we would call a cocoon, and then it would take about a two-week process in there. There was a complete change that it, it, I watched another one uh, video, and it says that it, the, what that caterpillar was almost turns to a liquid, and then it changes. And then it begins to break out, and it struggles to break out, break out, and it comes out as a butterfly. And even then, there's a process. And so it says here, it's a transformation of an immature form to an adult form in two or more distinct stages. And this is why I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding walking the Christian walk. They think that somehow they've prayed, asked Jesus to come into their life, and there's been this instant transformation. Well, in the spiritual realm, there has been. I have gone from being a child of Satan, if I can put it that way. I lived in the kingdom of darkness, and the Bible says I am translated into the kingdom of God's eternal son, Jesus Christ. I have gone from being damned to being justified before a holy God. Spiritually, if I died in that moment, I'd be a Christian, I'd be standing before a holy God and I'd be justified. I'd, I'd be made righteous, okay? But I'm not in heaven. I'm still here on earth, okay? And, and, and I mean, I've met some people that act like they're kind of out there, you know, but uh, uh, circling Jupiter or something, you know, but we're all here on earth, right? And so I, I may have changed spiritually on the inside, but now there's a process of what's on the inside that has to show itself on the outside. And we've been looking at that. And, and, um, and, and how to go from that ugly green caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. And we said it was an, a beautiful example of what the living God is all about and his desire for our lives. If you're a Christian, God wants to bring his change in us. It's his change. All, the reason he gave his son is so that we can change, okay? And, and his ultimate desire is that we go from our, our, our previous life, or as the definition said, an immature life, into an adult and beautiful person. Not, we're not saying that we'd be perfect, um, and we're not saying we'd have it all together, um, but that our lives would begin to char be characterized by kindness and generosity and holiness, and that we would think and put other people um, ahead of ourselves and begin to progressively act more like Jesus, okay? I'm not arrived yet. I've been following Christ for 53 plus, almost 54 years. But I'm not who I used to be back, way back when. I'm not even who I used to be 10 years ago 
or five years ago, and hopefully not even a year ago. Hopefully something has changed in my life. If not, something's wrong. I need, I need to seek the Lord about it. That is what the transformed life means, okay? Romans 12 and 2, go back to it again. It says that word transformed. The word transformed in, in the Greek there is metamorphosis. So that same change that the caterpillar goes through in becoming a beautiful butterfly, <clears throat> that's what God is trying to do. He's saying, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Let the metamorphosis of the Spirit of God happen in your life. And so that's not an external transformation. In other words, you could, if, you, if you inherited a million dollars tomorrow and you sell your house and get rid of your vehicles and you go buy a new house and a new car and new everything, you may have an outside change, but you are still who you are on the inside. And we need to understand that. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he said, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life Worthy, say worthy, worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, and I'm just trying to recap the last two weeks here, okay? In other words, he's saying, let your behavior and your beliefs tell the same story. That's what he's saying, okay? And then in Ephesians 4 and 3, we ended this last week. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, what Paul was saying, I want you to bring intensity. I want you to bring focus. Whatever it is, whatever it takes, this is what I want you to do. And then we brought out the point that the cocoon, if I could put it that way, for spiritual transformation cannot take place in isolation. Because the cocoon for spiritual transformation is among, in the fellowship of believers together. It's one of the reasons the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You can't be a body by yourself. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. You may be the arm, you may be the eye, you may be the ear. It, it, I'm not going to go into all the body parts, but I'm just saying you and of yourself are not the body. And that spiritual transformation can't take place because we looked at all those different things and all of them involve somebody else. And so that brings us to what the focus part I want to do today because it is in the fellowship of believers where life change happens. Life change does not happen. Christian life transformation does not happen in attending a church service once in a while. It doesn't happen in just reading the Bible a little bit every day. It, it isn't about reading a devotional or listening to a podcast. Listen, all those things are good. They're all important. But where biblical life change really happens is seen in you, in the nitty-gritty of life, saying, I am committed to becoming more loving a person and more like Jesus. See, you can't love others when you're not around others. 
Who's going to see your light? Who's going to see the witness? Who's going to do it if you isolate yourself and lock yourself away and say, I'm waiting for me and Jesus? You know, there used to be an old song years ago, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Well, your own thing don't mean just your own thing. Your own thing, there has to be change in you, but it has to be present among others. Because if what you have only works inside these walls, when you go out there and it doesn't work, then what you have in here is not real. And God wants to bring that kind of transformation. And, and, and we have to say, I'm, I'm committed to learn to love Everyone, not just the lovable, you know, those sandpaper people that rub you wrong, love them. In fact, I found that the more you say, I'm staying away from that God person, God got 10 more of them just like them. He's, and they're coming your way. I'm telling you. Why? Why is this so important? Because Christ's church must reflect his character. We are supposed to reflect the character of Christ in our lives. Now, how many of you say, will say, say with me, I, I'm falling short in, a, in some areas there. Yeah, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're lying. I'm just telling you. Because I'll go ask your wife or your husband or your kids and they'll tell us the truth. We've all fallen short. But that, doesn't, that cannot be an excuse to continue living that way. We can't just say, well, God's grace. And then you keep on acting it out like, like you're lost, like you're, like you're like the world. The Bible says, don't be like the world. Be transformed from what it is to what God wants you to be. So we can't use that as a, as a cop-out, if I could put it that way. You know, in other words, as followers of Jesus, when we tell people that we love him and that Jesus loves us and that he's given us good news, if you're not reflecting it in your life and your character, then they don't want to hear it. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. This is going to be the main focus here this morning. And, and this isn't going to be long, so just hang tight with me. But look, look what it says. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope of your calling, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is or of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Paul does something dramatic here, and I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to show you a 30-second video to, to explain this, but let me give you the background first. He does something a little unusual. In fact, you see that verse right there that's up on the screen? There it is again, except the first two words, the English words there, are underlined. And it's, that's because that the, the, the translators uh, of the scripture added those two words in the English. It, there's, it's a word that's there that means there is. And, and um, 
It's not in the original text. And you say, well, why did they add that? It's a grammatical device to gain our attention. In other words, <clears throat> it would be like you if you were driving down the road on a dark night or something like that, and all of a sudden you see something flashing up ahead, a big red sign flashing, but you can't read it yet, but it's got your attention, right? And the closer you get there, the closer you get to it, you're seeing that it's flashing, flashing. And, and when you get there, it's, it's going danger, warning, danger, warning, danger, warning. <clears throat> it's got your attention, right? Hopefully it does. And you're not on your phone while you're driving. <clears throat> Enough said there. Well, there is, when Paul put that in, uh, and when the translator put that in there, it, 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 it is, it's saying, this is important, this is important, this is important, this is important. That's what it does. It's, it's a focus for us, okay? And, and, and there's seven words, and, and it's in what is known as staccato form of music articulation. Now, I, I realize that there may, many of you may not know what that means, okay? I remember it from my early childhood piano lessons, okay? And there was legato, and there's, and there's, there's staccato, okay? And, and, um, but in modern music notation, it signifies a shortened duration. For example, and, and well, I'm just going to show it to you, okay? This is, this is just like a 29, 30 second clip. And I want you to especially notice the, the gentleman's right hand in the very beginning, okay? you saw in the very beginning it was ding 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 it was no hold there's no holding down and and if you held it down it would prolong it and and a piano player or a keyboard player could also use a pedal to even lengthen it out even more but then you saw him playing the same exact thing in legato form which is is more of a slow easy flowing and notice how the sound was not as distinct but in the beginning it was Dun, 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 It was, that's staccato, okay? And so Paul is writing something here, and, 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 and the word there is, is, is important, but he's putting in here, if we were New Testament Christians, that there is in Ephesians 4 would not be there. It, he's got these seven words, and then there's... Three triads. Don't 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 zone out on me because I'm going to explain it real simple. And it's simple. It really is simple. I try to make it simple, okay? But he he's so he's saying the reason that this is important for notice. One body, one spirit, one hope, 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. That's what he's doing. He's going boom, 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 boom. In fact, just in every, I almost thought of that song where, where we stop singing, musicians stop, and the drummer's back there. Boom, boom, boom. I, I couldn't remember the song. I started calling, you remember that song that goes like that? And I thought, well, this would be easier for us to see it and to hear it, okay? <clears throat> so what he's saying here, he's saying, there, there is, in other words, take notice, this is important, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. He's, he's drawn us in. He's like, whoa, understand this. This is so key. And then he puts it in three triads because in verse 4, it says one spirit. In verse 5, it goes one Lord. In verse 6, it says one God and Father over all. So he's saying these seven things are there, these important things, and they're all because of one spirit, one Lord, and one God and Father over all. It's, 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 it's very unique. Let's go back to verse 4 again. He says, there's one spirit just as you were called to one hope of your calling. Some translations say one spirit uh, as you were in, in the hope of your call." You, at calling or the way that you were called. And you need to understand this. I serve right now as pastor of a church. I, people say, why have you stayed so long? Because he called me. He hasn't said leave yet. And the people haven't asked me to. So I'm staying. Okay? I've had plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere. And, and but we, my wife and I both, we say, we feel called, have felt called for 19 plus years. Uh, it hasn't turned out exactly the way everything I thought it would be, but I can't tell you what God has done in my life, my life, over those 19 years in my relationship with him and trusting and believing that there's still more to the story. Okay, and, and so he says, one spirit, just as you, turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you, <laughs> just as you were called to one hope of my calling, your calling, just as you were called for your calling. In other words, under the Holy Spirit, there is one calling. One. We, we want to put ministers on a pedestal. Don't put ministers on pedestals. Because when they get up there, then God has no choice but to knock them off. I'm telling you, your calling is just as important. Because you can reach people. You can touch people. I will never see, never meet, or anything. About four years ago, I, I began competing in barbecue, professional barbecue competitions. I may be a little tired this morning, look a little worn out. I was in my first one in like six months yesterday. And, um, but you say, why did you do that? I said, because almost all the people I'm around are church people. I want to have a place where I can have impact around people who are not church people. 
And believe me, go to a barbecue competition. Between the music and the drinking and the cussing and the wild stuff, when they see me, I tell them my name's Bob. Every single one of those professionals call me Mr. Bob. Because one time they accidentally revealed in an award calling that I was a pastor minister. I said, they said, or should we change it to Pastor Bob? I said, no, it's Bob. Same spell, same forwards and backwards. Bob. Just keep it simple. And, but every one of them go, hey, Mr. Bob. Hey, Mr. Bob. Hey, Mr. Bob. Even the guys older than me. Hey, Mr. Bob. I'm like, dude, you're the mister. I'm not the mister. But we're called. You are called. Look at your neighbor and tell him you are called. You have a calling by God on your life. And he says, so there's one spirit, just as you are called, to the one hope of your calling. We're in this thing together. I said, we're in this thing together. See, the enemy wants to isolate you. He wants you to move you away from the pack. He wants to move you away from the believers where you can be easily picked off. But we're in this thing together. And when you notice somebody's not around, somebody hasn't been around, or somebody comes to mind, I'm telling you, it's easier today than ever to pick up a phone and call someone, text someone, message them, email them, whatever. Hey, I've been missing you. Is there everything okay? Do you need prayer for anything? We're in it together. That means whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, Democrat, Republican, Asian, Anglo, Hispanic, African-American, rich or poor, we are one. The spirit, the spirit made us one body. Why? Because there's one Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of the body, not the bodies. The Lord Jesus is the CEO of our lives, or at least he should be. Now listen to me. The CEO of your lives. In other words, he has executive position, executive orders. He has control. The CEO of your life cannot be your job, or your business, or your wife, or your husband. It cannot be your children. It cannot be sports or hobbies. It cannot be success or money. It cannot, because Ephesians 4 and 5 says, we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Our identity, we're in it together. Tell somebody, we're in it together. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, we're in it together, brother. We're in it together. Don't look at me like that. We're in it together. That's right. We're in it together, okay? And our identity is clear. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We're followers. Followers are not spectators. Jesus was always on the move. 
And if you decided, I want to get the best seat in the house, by the time you're behind the best seat, he's gone. <laughs> He'd be gone. You know, you got to follow. You got to be up there with them. You got to follow. You got to keep them in focus. Jesus is not many gods, not pluralism, but one God and Father. And he's over all things, he's through all things, and he's in all things. That tells me that I can't go anywhere, anywhere where he isn't. And we think sometimes the things that we think, say, and do are in private, he's there. Oof. Oh me, oh my. Yeah, curl them toes up. Holy Ghost stepping on some toes this morning. And look, Jesus is longing to transform our ugly former lives into beautiful lives that reflect his love to a lost and desperate world that is looking for the meaning of life. And if all you want to do is blend in with the crowd, then you have lost your calling. You have lost your focus. You say, but I'm not one to get out in front of people. As a believer, you will end up in front of other people. It may be one-on-one. -on -one, it may be in a crowd. I don't know how God will do it, but you are not called to blend in. Why? Because we're to reflect Christ through our lives. And that means how we speak, how we spend our money, how we relate to one another, how we drive, what we do at work, and the attitudes that are inside us that no one sees, we're supposed to reflect the character of Christ. Amen. Jesus has, will focus on those things, and little by little, the process begins. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to be a better person? The people who say they don't is because they've tried on their own and have failed so many times that the pain of failure is more than they can take, but they've been trying to do it on their own without Jesus. In my early testimony as a Christian, I, I didn't know much about the Bible. I wasn't brought up that way. I went to catechism class, learned those kinds of things and all. But when I came to Christ, the day I met Jesus, he delivered me instantly of drugs, alcohol, profanity, pornography, and a whole host of things. But the one vice that I still had as a teenage kid was smoking. And I just felt convicted of the Holy Spirit that I should stop that. And I'd, I'd stop, but I'd get around my peers and my friends, and I'd start again. And then I'd do stop, and then I'd start again, and I'd do it again. I went through this process over and over, and I got so tired of it. And I remember the night where I was, a friend of mine that I had won to the Lord, um, his name is David, he, and we're still in contact with each other now. And, and, um, but his folks, 
uh, were pretty well off, and they owned a houseboat up on the Modesto River in, in, in California and, 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 and up in Stockton area. And we would go up there, and they were alcoholics, so they'd be drunk and passed out by 7.30, 8 o'clock, and that left us free to do whatever we wanted to do. Well, in the meantime, I had now given my life to Jesus. And so he says, hey, you want to go up to the houseboat? And my first thought was, yeah, but then I thought, what are we going to do? Because I'm not doing those things anymore. And, and uh, he said, well, let's, he, he said I, got some, I got some liquor and stuff. I said, no, nah, that's all right. You can have it. I don't want it. Why you don't want it? I said, well, Jesus delivered. Well, Jesus did what? So I began to witness to him, you know. But then he said, well, I'm out of smokes. Let's go get smokes. Well, I was still struggling with that. So we walked to the local store, and, and, and I remember I paid the, the ungodly sum of 45 cents a pack. And I said, I got to quit. I can't afford this. And uh, we went back to the houseboat, and his folks were still gone for the night. You know, they're out, and we both lit up. And as soon as I took a puff, man, my head, oh, it started to split. And, and I exhaled, and I remember saying, God, I'm so tired of this. I want to be free of this. And I'm saying it to myself, you know, under my breath. And I said, but I can't quit again because I'm sick and tired of failing. And I heard the Holy Spirit. First time I knew he was speaking to me. He said, you failed because you never asked me for help. And I just stopped. My friend Dave, he's over there puffing away. And I took my cigarette, threw it in the river. He's going, Man, what you doing? Before he could say anything, the two packs I had just bought, I ripped them open and I dumped them in the river. He said, what are you doing? I said, God just spoke to me. He said, what? God spoke to you? I said, yes. Because I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know any better. I don't know enough. But I am sick of this. And you can take this away from me. Because I want to be more like Jesus. And he looked at me and said, good, dude, you, you, you're scaring me. And he said, now you're hearing voices? I said, I'm just telling you, it was God. He said, well, you should have given them to me. I said, then I would have passed my sin to you? No way. I'm done with it, man. He's like, good man. He said, you are nuts, Areno. Later on that night, though, he said, talk to me again about God talking to you? And a few weeks later, I led him into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But from that night, God took away the desire for the cigarettes. The addiction was broken. But I began to do something else. I got a calendar, and like I used to do when I was a kid, before Christmas, I'd be marking off each day, counting down the days to Christmas. I began marking down the days that I was set free from the cigarettes. Now, my mom didn't know, my brothers and siblings didn't know, and I have six younger siblings. They'd have tattled on me if they could have found out. But I'd mark it off, mark it off, mark it off, mark it off. And almost two months went by, and one morning I woke up with the shakes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That craving was there. And I was like, and all of a sudden the devil reminded me where I hid a few of them. And I went and looked, and they were there. And I said, oh, 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 no, 
And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, go get the calendar. And I started flipping pages and counting the black marks, counting the black marks, counting the black marks. The cross out, cross out, cross out, cross out. I mean, every one of them was a day. He said, one puff eradicates all of that. And I grabbed the few that I had that were hidden behind the hip pad in my football pants. I knew my mama wouldn't go near those nasty things. Nasty, stinky, smelly, sweaty pants. They were in there. And I went and shoved them and threw them down the toilet. Never had a craving again. I'm just being open and transparent with you. Because I had to come to the place that I wanted to be more like Jesus. I didn't understand all of that. I was very young. I had no church that taught me these things, but I saw it in the word. And there was something inside of me. And I learned it was the Holy Spirit trying to bring about a transformation process. And he says, you can't do it on your own. You need to invite me in and give me soul control of that thing in your life. And so just like the butterfly, once it's transformed, it's still in the cocoon. It struggles to break out. It fights and it's hard. The transformation is hard, but it's real. Why do you think it's so difficult? Why do you think transformation is so difficult? I, I, I'm going to show you this, and then we're going to wrap this up. Jesus, the, who had no sin, who was fully God and fully man, and Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says this, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And although Jesus Christ was the Son of God, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And now most of the time as a Christian, we read into that suffering on the cross. But it doesn't mention the cross. It doesn't specifically say that. Go back to verse 7 again. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions. How often did Jesus pray? All through the scripture in the gospels we read. He was spent all night in prayer. He went out to a place to pray. His disciples found him in prayer. He says with prayers and petitions, with fervent cries and tears. Do you not think that Jesus suffered Many of the things that you and I face, how about he went to his own and they rejected him? Eventually we know that of the inner 12, one would sell him out. He struggled being separated from his father in this fleshly form. We need to understand that the suffering, the difficulty, the pain, the betrayal, the injustice, the injustice. Boy, if there's a word that is about our day and age today, it's the injustice. People say, this is, it's all right to do these acts because of injustice. So we're going we're gonna to take acts of injustice as a reason to commit injustice. 
We hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. It's not fair. That's not right. The early death of someone, the drunken driver that caused permanent pain, the injustice at work in the world today, all of those things, put it all together. Even in the midst of those unfair things, verse 6 tells us that he is over all things, through all things, and in all things. That's why you can sing. He's not done with me yet. He is over all the things in my life. He's going, he's through all the things in my life. And he's in all the things in my life. He's not done with me yet. You say, how can you sing that? Because he's not done. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's not done. And you sure haven't arrived. Come on now. And the spirit that is living inside of us is going to take all of those things if, 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 say if, if. He'll take all of those things if you will let him. You say, I don't like the way they're doing that. God, I don't understand why you're doing it this way. I, I don't like the way you're doing that. Lord, let me help you. Here's my suggestion. I can assure you he's not going to take your advice. The Bible says, in the beginning, where were you when he created the heavens and the earth? Did he ask for your advice how to do it? So what's he going to do? He's, he's going to keep shaving it off, shaving it off, shaving it off. <laughs> I remember so one time on a mission trip, a guy was, took a block of wood, and he, was, he would carve them into animals, beautiful sculptures. I said, how do you do that? He said, well, let's say this is going to be an elephant. I just carve away everything that's not an elephant. Like, but how, see, he already understood the process. He knew what he was doing. And God's going to shave off critical attitudes. Oh, not that. Leave me something, Lord. I'm known for my sharp wit. No, you're known for your poison tongue. See, we see it one way, and everybody else sees it another way. He'll shave off arrogance. I'm not arrogant. And I'll tell anybody who says I am. He'll shave off the lack of patience. I'm patient. I've been waiting 12 hours for God to do this. He's had more than enough time. When you put a time frame on it, God's just going to stretch it out. The Bible says a day with the Lord is a thousand years, so when he says, wait a minute, you're going to be there a while. 
and little by little and by his word and when you cry out for help to him. Verse 7 says concerning Jesus, and he, Jesus, was heard because of his reverent submission. As we allow the Holy Spirit to do the Father's work in us, we all begin to reflect him, and that unity becomes apparent to everyone. Now listen to me. This is the final part. You need to understand this, because if you miss this part, I've wasted my breath. If we go back to verse Ephesians 4 again, and we're going to see one word seven times in those three verses. There is, say it with me, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. We are supposed to be one in this world. Am I, am I saying that we're all supposed to look alike, talk alike, dress alike? No, I'm not saying that. That would be boring. I used to be in the greenhouse business, and I love, people would come in and go, I hate that kind of flower. I love those. You know, we, we, we all like different things. God made the, I love patches there are certain states you drive and down the median of the high of the interstate there's just wildflowers of every kind shape height and color they're all just mixed in but the beauty is they're all together and 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 they look incredible see god's not saying i want you to all dress alike talk alike walk alike mm, 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 mm. that's mechanical that's robotic that's not what he's talking about so why is this important? This is, the, this is it in a nutshell. Because the world needs to see that we are one in how we live and how we speak and how we treat each other. Why? Because this is the way that the world will judge whether Jesus came from God or not. Jesus said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. And from this way, the world will know that they are of us. We, the world is looking at the church. And when there's division and strife and everything else going on in the local church, the world looks at it and goes, I want none of that. I have enough of that in my life. But when people are different, and yet we love one another, we greet one another, we love on one another, we pray for one another, we show acts of kindness to one another, acts of generosity to one another. When they look at them, they go, they're different. Something's going on here. What is going on? And we are able to say, I'm not perfect yet. But he, Jesus, has begun a work in me. And my goal in my life, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I want to give praise to him, and I want to reflect the character of who Jesus is. This is spiritual transformation.
It's where we live every day. And I want us to pray right now. There's some of you God's been speaking to in this time about maybe one specific thing, maybe several, but usually God puts his finger on one thing because that's all we can do is handle one thing. And he goes for the biggest thing, whatever it is in your life. And he goes, here's an area, you're not reflecting me. Your character, your attitudes, your lifestyle, your actions are not reflecting good on me. There used to be a time in this world where people used to say, your actions reflect on me. Because, you know, I heard that growing up. Being in a military home, oh my goodness, especially when we lived on military bases, anything that we did, my dad would hear about. And if it was severe enough, one time, honest story. I used to read. I had a voracious reading appetite when I was a kid. And during the summer months on, on the military base where we lived in Massachusetts, the summer library had a reading contest for kids. And there were different age groups. And I would go down to the library and walk out with a stack of books like this. And I would sit there and read them. And I'd stay up all night to try and finish every one of those books if I could in a 24-hour period or so. And then I'd get on my bike and I'd take all those books back and I'd check them back in. I'd get more books. One time, one book got left behind. And I didn't know it. And it became overdue. And my father gets a call from the commanding officer his commanding officer. Your son has a book overdue. Now, some of you are looking at me saying, you've got to be kidding. I wish. And when I came home, I heard how my overdue book were my actions and reflected poorly on him. I never had another, another overdue book. I even turned in a book that I never read just so it wouldn't be overdue. Where is God putting his finger on your life that your life is not reflecting his character? Now, I'm speaking to believers in that regard. But I could tell you this. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you've never accepted him into your life, then there's no way you can live up to the standards of God that God can even do it. The only thing that God can do in your life is he can take you out of that darkness and that pit you're in, and he can bring you over to where new life can begin. And the Bible says the only way that that can happen is you have to believe and confess with your heart that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, he lived his life without sin, he died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and after three days he was raised again. And if you believe that in your heart 
and you're willing to confess your sins and repent. Repent's not be sorry. Repent's to mean to change your thinking, which results in a change of action. If you do that, then, then all I've been talking about, God can help you with that. But you have to make that choice. So there's two places here this morning. First, if you're here, I know most of you, but some of you I don't know. If you're here this morning and you've never given God the control of your life, you've never surrendered the reins, so to speak, of the direction of your life to Jesus, and you're ready for help. Listen, in each case, it requires calling out to have, for help from God. You can't save yourself. You can't lift yourself out of the pit. You've tried. Many of us have tried. And we failed miserably till Jesus. We called out to Jesus. If you're ready for someone to pray with you, to surrender your life to Christ, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to say, if you're honest and real and ready, just lift up your hand so I know who to pray with you. Anyone at all. I'm not going to beg. I'm just going to give you that opportunity. And I, know, I trust you know where you stand with the Lord. Then the other one is, how many of you say there's an area in my life that I need to call out to God, to, to Jesus, to help me, to, to surrender to him so that that area can more reflect the character of God? If that's you, would you just lift your hand, lift it high, if you were looking all around this room, there's probably 75, 85% of that. Thank you very much. Thank you for being honest. We're going to take a moment to pray, but I'm going to ask you right where you're at, in your own words, you pray. Because you know what the area is. You know what it is. You ask him to help you. Tell him. I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of, of, of quitting. I'm tired of being like this. God, I surrender this thing to you right now. I'm crying out for help. And then you need to let him begin to do it. Right where you're at, I want you to begin to pray. You pray your words to him right now. I'm just going to pray generally over all of you while you're praying. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word tells us that when we cry out to you, we have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Holy Spirit who has been sent to dwell within us, he is more than enough. He is more than able to do above and beyond all we could ever ask or think. So God, we're going to ask big and believe big right now. God, there's people in this place, they're tired of failing and, and getting up and trying again and getting up and trying again. God, this day is a turnaround moment. It's a turnaround event in their life. They can go mark it on the calendar. 
They'll mark it on the calendar and say, this day I surrendered this area, this part, this thing to Jesus Christ. And every day that they, they're going to mark another day off. Then they're going to mark another day off. And they're going to be able to point at the calendar and say, devil, look at that. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer through Jesus Christ who's working his work in me. And I thank you, Lord. That that power is resident in this place today because of the people who are in this place today. They are your sons and daughters called by you to a holy calling, a worthy calling. Father, I pray against those right now who feel like that they don't measure up that they, they're, they're unworthy of God, you doing anything in their life. I come against that attitude. That is a lie out of the pit of hell. God, you love us unconditionally. When they walk out of this place, they are gonna sense the freedom that there is in knowing that you love them and knowing that you have set them free. Now give them ears to hear that they might hear the Spirit speaking to them in a, such a still and quiet way down deep inside that the change that you want to do is brought forth. And we ask it in Jesus' name for your glory, Father. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand together? Go ahead, Brother Justin. You got a song? You're worthy of it all. <clears throat> You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. Worthy of it all. Yes, Lord. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. If you need special prayer for anything, I invite you to come right now. And we'll pray with you as the music continues. We'll pray with you about anything that you want. Oh, for from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve glory. Of it all, you are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, to you are all things, you deserve the glory.
serve the glory 